The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Today on Exploring the Word, get ready to hear some of the most familiar proverbs that have great meaning, great promise, hope, and it's in 22, chapter 22 of Proverbs, and it just seems like that that Solomon packed it in here, and we're going to be looking at that. And so if you have time and you can, where you can, get your Bible out and join us because I think there's some highlighting or underlining that might need to take place in chapter 22. But before we get there, Alex, uh, you and I had a conversation earlier today And after that conversation, I had one with someone else here at AFR, and they was telling about a letter that we had and got at our studio, and it was similar to the one that you were going to share with our audience. So I I, I just, I'm I'm bringing it in. I don't want you to do anything else. I want you to tell people about the letter you got and how exciting it is that on exploring the Word, that the Word of God is really making a difference. Amen, amen. Well, Bert, it sure is good to be with you and everybody listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and uh, we love each and every one of you. And Bert, I got in, um, I've been on the road preaching, and I had a pretty big stack of mail, and last night I was going through the, the letters, and I want to say a big shout-out to our listeners that are behind bars. And I know right now, listening, uh, and I'm going to tell you something from a couple of letters, Bert, but we have a, a big listening audience of, of men and some women that are serving time. And I want to say God bless each and every one of you because uh, we, we know Isaiah 55 says the word of God does not return void, but it accomplishes the purpose that God sends it out for. And so, Bert, in my mail, I got a letter last night. This is from Noah, and Noah is in Texas. And Noah, uh, you might be listening, and I'm holding your letter right here in my hands. Can't read it all, but it says, Dear Alex, first of all, greetings in the name of Jesus to you brothers. I started to listen to you more and more as 2021 passed. Your teaching with Bert has opened up the Scriptures to me. Uh, I'm learning to study on my own. I pray. Uh, It says, I've learned so much. Now, Noah, we're praying for you. It says, it's difficult where I am at times, but we have the Lord and God is getting us through. Now, he goes on in his letter and he says this. He says, uh, you have many listeners here in prison. You, You have no idea. And it says sometimes that six of us gather and we're gathered around the radio listening to you and Bert and all of the brothers and the sisters. Uh, it says, we may be in different places, but actually our circumstances are similar. And you and Bert are helping all of us, quote, understand the times. Well, amen. It, he goes on. Noah says, we are part of the church, the ecclesia. That means the called out assembly. It says, I love you, brothers. I'm asking you to please pray for me, pray for us, and help us continue getting charged up in the Word, Noah. And then we get one from Tennessee, uh, handwritten letters. Gracious greetings. I'm pleased for this opportunity to write to you. Um, It says, I'm serving a prison term. I have two years remaining. 
with five years already finished. God bless you. God has blessed me with a newness of mind. I get on fire for the Lord. I'm kind of new to Christianity, but I'm growing and making progress in the faith. Galatians 1. And it says, I'm trying to send you words of encouragement because your teaching is making a difference. Says, uh, you know, very, very nice words. They're grateful for us. I'm thankful for all of your help and inspiration. And Bert, I want to say to all the people listening behind bars right now, I used to respond to every letter, and I would do a handwritten letter, and virtually always I would send like a New Testament. And oddly enough, I don't know why, but they would like always come back like undeliverable. And so I want to say this, uh, forgive me, I can't respond to each and every letter because they don't seem to get through sometimes, but I want you to know, brothers and sisters behind bars, we read each and every letter. Yeah. We read them. Angie and I pray for you. Bert and I pray for you. And I know you're doing ministry where you are, incarcerated very often. But the Lord is with you. We are for you. We pray over each letter that we get. And even if, if we're not able to respond physically, um, it really touches our heart. And we give God the glory that exploring the Word is making a difference, in even in the prisons. Consider what we're doing right now, a letter to those of you that are incarcerated. While Alex was receiving those two, we received one here at AFR, the headquarters, and it was from someone in Arkansas, and they had, they had at the point of committing suicide, mm. they found AFR on the radio. They began to listen, and it helped them, and it said it helped them to know about what was going on in the world. But the highlight of their day was exploring the Word because on exploring the Word, we open up the Scriptures and we find hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what we are doing here on exploring the Word. Yes, we don't hide from the issues when they come here in the Scriptures. We don't turn away from what the Bible says concerning sin, but we're doing it hopefully with a broken heart for those that would go down that that journey, that pilgrimage of of waywardness until they come back. And that's what Alex and I are doing as best we can. And I hope you hear our hearts. And uh, I would say that for our producer, Devin Patrick, as well. Amen. We Amen. are uh, on your team. We, we're we designed for you to, to make it. And we want to give that hope, and we praise the Lord. Alex, you said something in the first letter. It says, I'm able to study on my own. Mm -hmm. That's one of the purposes that God gave me when I first started doing Exploring the Word with you. Lord, let me just throw in every once in a while things that I've learned on how to study the Word of God that helps me to understand it better. And here they understood that. And I want to read a scripture that has to do with that. It's in 2 Timothy. Now, those of you that are listening know 2 Timothy was the last letter the Apostle Paul wrote, and it was close to the very end of his life when he yes, would die there in Rome with Nero, killing all the as many Christians as he could. But listen to what he said, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Alex, do you see that four generations? What mm. we've been taught, you was at Liberty. You had some great professors. I was at Blue Mountain College. I had great professors, and we both had some good pastors. They Amen. put they put into us, 
And now we're here on the radio standing on the shoulders of giants trying to share with others what God has embedded into our hearts and our lives, and they're sh- we're sharing it with them, and now they're sharing it with others as well. The Word of God does not return void, but it goes forth and it accomplishes what God Amen. sent it forth to do. That's Amen. what exploring the Word. I think we need to pray, Alex, and just ask God to to multiply uh, God's yeah. Word. Would you Would you mind praying, brother? Amen. And you know, you mentioned Devin Patrick, our producer, and there's just such a whole team. But um, folks everywhere, our team is on your team. And, and it is a joy to minister the Word together, to pray for one another, and you pray for us as well. But let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the bond that we have in Jesus, that uh, we are one big family wherever we, we might be, all across this nation, throughout the world. Lord, I know by virtue of the Internet and the apps, I mean, there are people listening right now all over planet Earth. And so first of all, we give you the glory. Dear Jesus, because you shed your blood to wash our sin away, to buy us, and we are birthed into God's family through faith in Jesus. And so, Lord, there are no orphans. There are no people alone, because when we've got Jesus, we are part of the biggest family ever. It's a forever family bought with the love of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, I especially pray for the men and the women that are incarcerated right now, and they're serving sentences. And from a human perspective, they're uh, bound and locked up. But really, in Jesus, they're free. And so, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit will be upon each and every life in a very, very strong way. And, Lord, that um, each of us, and especially those serving sentences, they would grow They would uh, deepen, deepen their roots in Jesus. They would be a witness. Lord, I pray even the, the staff and law enforcement and wardens would sense the presence of God. And Lord, let the peace of Jesus fill the prisons and the jails of our nation. And Father God, um, I just pray a blessing. And, Lord, do the work you desire to do in in each and every life. And, Lord, I want to say this, too, Father. uh, We have a lot of listeners that are battling illnesses. Um, Lord, I especially pray in Paris, Tennessee right now, Pastor Steve Gallimore, Tennessee Valley Community Church, wonderful, wonderful, one of our country's great churches. Steve recently had heart surgery. Please raise him up off his bed of affliction and give him recovery. Bless Carlton Gerald and all the folks there in Paris, Tennessee, that listen and they faithfully stand with this ministry. As Bert and I get back into Proverbs 22, uh, Lord, you be our teacher. And Lord, you communicate the words that you want every one of us to hear. And Father God, thank you. Thank you for salvation and the privilege of service. And Lord, as we always desire, may our ways be pleasing in your sight. For Jesus' glory we ask it, Lord. Amen. Alex, thank you for that prayer. And while we're doing it, remember Becky Drace. She called in. She is a sister. Her husband, she and her husband minister and serve. And you remember Ruth calling, and uh, we were talking about slothfulness, and she's a nurse, and she said, I'm working as much as I can, but then they'll ask us to work another hour or two. And how many nurses? We need to pray for our medical professionals. They, they're they out there on the front line, and many of them, the nurses and, 
and aides and, and doctors and all of those, we are asking God to give you extra strength. And, and after talking with her, Alex, something else came across my brain, and we'll get started in Proverbs 22 in the next segment, and we may carry it over because it's just jam-packed. I'm not sure we'll get it done. But let me, I just feel led to do this. We need to pray for them in a real way and yes. ask God to give them uh, extra portion of spirit. And uh, if you know them and the law enforcement officers, man, they are targets these days and firemen. So these people who are in service for our king uh, and for our country, uh, Alex, uh, we are praying for you. Alex and I are mm -hmm. praying for you today. And truckers, let's put them down on the line because especially those in Canada that have to go back and forth uh, from the United States to Canada, the pressure that's on them. And so, Alex, uh, we've got a lot to we've got a lot of folks and we're a big Bible study group, aren't we? And we care about we people. Are. And, and I, I want to say this. I'm thinking of some dear listeners in Standing Pine, Mississippi right now that need prayer. But uh, Jerry and Becky Drace, just two of the giants of Christian ministry in our nation. And uh, Jerry Dr it, was, it was Dr. Jerry Drace that put my name in front of James Dobson 20 years ago. And I went to work for Dr. Dobson. And Becky Drace is a mighty, mighty woman of God, uh, influenced so many people, uh, Angie included. So uh, we need to pray for them as well. We are. Thank you for listening. We're going to get into Proverbs 22. And uh, we just took time out for prayer and praise. But chapter Little 22. Oh, man. You, uh, stay tuned. There, you'll recognize some of the verses, even if you don't know they're in Proverbs 22. Stay tuned for more of Exploring the Word. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Miguel Estian, Acting National Director for the Minority Business Development Agency. His office promotes the growth of minority-owned businesses through public and private sector programs, policy, and research. 1 John 3.17 reminds us of the importance of helping others. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Right now, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Miguel Estian at the Department of Commerce. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says as believers grow, we'll develop a deeper understanding of what God's Word is saying to us. But God communicates with us in other ways as well. And we'll hear about one of them today as we spend two minutes with Tony. What will happen if you decide to be mature? First thing that happens is that you'll now be able to pick up on spiritual signals. The Holy Spirit will be able to bring God's thoughts to your mind. See, we have the national news and local news. Right now, I'm preaching the national news. You know, the national news, you get things that are happening all over the place. But for your daily decision-making, you need local channels. You need local news. You need stuff that's talking to you about the thing you're facing and what you're going through. So when you come to church, you get national news. But when you are mature, you get local news. God can now talk to you, bring thoughts to your mind, ideas to your mind, let you see things that you couldn't see with your physical eyes because you're growing spiritually. You'll be able to distinguish 
between legit and illegit. The reason why you want to be a mature saint is because that means your circumstances don't have the final decision. Your boss doesn't have the final decision. The situation in the culture doesn't have the final decision because you belong to the mature saints of God under the priesthood of Christ who's after the order of Melchizedek who can meet you in the battles of life. Somebody ought to be wanting to be a mature Christian so that all that God can give and wants to give, you're able to receive. So you're going to battle if you're going to be a mature Christian because you're going to be living by divine insight and not secular perspective. Get the fresh start you need to get moving toward maturity. Check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Proverbs 22. This is Exploring the Word. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network, and we're so grateful that you are. And, you know, um, this chapter just starts out with a very famous verse. It says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor, favor rather than silver and gold. Alex McFarlane here, along with Bert Harper. And, Bert, uh, there's a lot of verses. In fact, Certainly one of the most well-known verses in the Old Testament we'll get to in just a little bit. But when I read Proverbs 22.1, a good name is preferable to be chosen rather than a whole lot of money. I've heard it phrased a lot of different ways. Um, You know, somebody might say, remember who you are. And, you know, reputation is what people think you are. Character is what you really are. But basically, when the Bible talks about something is worth more than money, and that's your integrity and your, your name and the, the real you, it's more important to be a person of integrity and character than it is to even have a big bank balance, isn't it? Amen. <clears throat> the New Testament says, what about the man that gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So a good name being right with the Lord, having a right relationship with him is greater than riches. And that's the whole day, whole idea, a good name. Uh, you know, you and I, <laughs> Andy Griffith show fans and, uh, Andy would tell Opie, remember who you are. And, yeah. uh, so act like somebody, act like somebody. Remember that? Yes, I do. And raising three sons, I, I tried to remind them of that. Listen, you're Christ, you're his, uh, you got a good name, uh, you know, and yeah, we all blow it from time to time. There's nobody that's perfect except Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you the direction you're going in, that what you want to do and following him, listen, it's worth more than any amount of money you would ever have in the bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some good examples of that right now that's in the world today. Uh, men that had all the money in the world, but yet uh, they were philandering around with even children, you know, and I, I just mm. don't want to call their names because 
I get tired of calling all the names of the people that did the damage to people rather than the people who were hurt. And I, I, that's kind of like a fanatic with me. I, I just, listen, I get tired of hearing uh, the name of the people that did the damage. And, did you uh, ever? Go ahead. Well, I, I, I want to say this uh, as, as we get on into Proverbs 22. One of the most influential books that I read was a book about uh, Coach John Wooden or Wooden from UCLA, yeah, W-O-O-D-E-N. How do you pronounce his Wooden. name, Bert? It's Wooden. It is, yeah. Well, he was a he was a devout Christian, one of uh, you know NCAA's most winningest coaches. And I, I'm probably not going to get this exactly verbatim, but a quote attributed to him is that the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one is watching. That's have it. you ever heard it? Yes, I have. And someone said what you do in the motel room when you're by yourself. That, exactly. You know, and uh, let me tell you about John Wooden. I'm a basketball. I came from a little school here in northeast Mississippi that had more state champions than anyone else. I played mm. on a state champion basketball team. And, um, you know, now the older I get, the better I was, Alex. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> but that's, that's me in baseball. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but John Wooden was such a godly man, and he would coach – after he'd get through, the first thing he would do, and this spoke to my heart, he would look up into the stands and get his wife's face and mm. about smiling, should smile, yeah, yeah. let him know, you not only did good, you acted okay as well. <laughs> I, I love that, but it is uh, who you are. And Alex, you said it, character, integrity, and yeah. listen, well, desire and- that, a good name. Yes. Verse 2 says, the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Now, the meet where? Well, in terms of our mortality. I mean, you know, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. You know, rich, poor, famous, unknown, no matter what. Look, all humans really come to a common destiny. We, we leave this world... And we're accountable for the decisions and the deeds that we did while in this life. And you know what? Um, Jesus said it. It would be better to enter into eternal life poor or or halt and maim, sickly, rather than to be rich and of a whole body and, and be lost. And so uh, Proverbs 22, like so much of this whole book, has talked about the, the real you. And let me just say this, and I'll throw it back to you, Bert. But look, folks, the real you is all that you are in Christ. And so um, don't hear me saying that, well, to be right with God, you just turn over a new leaf and try to be a better person. We should try to be a better person. But to get right with God, you put your faith in Jesus, and you trust what he did. Because you know what? People can be moral, and people can be good, but only Jesus can make you righteous. Jesus will forgive your sin and make you right with God. Your name is in his Lamb's book of life if you'll put your faith in Jesus. And uh, Bert, I, the, the phrase, a good person, quote-unquote, you, you can't even really begin to talk about that uh, apart from the new birth that Jesus gives. Preach it, Alex. That is so true. When I read verse 2, the rich and the poor have this in common, the Lord is the maker of them all, 
I, I thought of a phrase, and I don't know who. I wish I could remember who contributed this the first time they said it. But the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Uh, and when you come to Christ, rich or poor, uh, male or female, whatever you are, there you are. God looks upon you. He sees you. He looks through the the outward appearance, and he looks at the heart to find out what's there, and he, he demonstrates that. So, Alex, uh, verse 2, uh, matter of fact, let me just say this. Uh, what I've done each proverb I've gone through, and i got a red marker under each verse. I've got more red marks in chapter 22 underlined than any of the verses before because wow. each one of them is just so good. Listen to this, verses 3 and 4, especially 4. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. But listen to verse 4. By oh, yeah. humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. Now, what Amen. a contrast. That riches that they talked about in verse 1, silver and gold, that's not the riches that are here. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. Alex, I look at verse hmm. 4. I see the cross, brother. I Amen. humble myself and put my whole life into his hands, don't we? Uh, exactly. Now, on the flip side of that, verse 5, thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. Now, I've got my old King James Bible here, but that's a dishonest, uh, evil person. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Okay, you want to keep your soul? You want to avoid the thorns and the snares? Well, don't live unrighteously. Now, verse 6, certainly has been a well-known verse, very encouraging to a lot of people. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Bert, I, I have seen this. Now, I, I did a book a few years ago called Abandoned Faith, Why Millennials Are Leaving the Church and How to Lead Them Home. And we interviewed hundreds of families all over the country. And I want to say this. We, we hear a lot of stories about kids that grow up in church and they fall away. They go to college or, you know, they might have been, you know, big in the youth group, but in their 20s they fall away. But I want to tell you, I've also chronicled hundreds and hundreds of glorious accounts of kids who came back to the Lord. And I, I'm not saying this is just, a, you know, some magic word or magic formula, but I've seen it, the seeds planted in the heart and soul of a young person. Maybe there's a, a spiritually dry spell, a, a decade where kids fall out. But I, I have seen many, many a person uh, return to the teachings of their youth after being away from God for some years as a young adult. I got a feeling we're talking to many of them today. But let me, uh, we may not, again, we may not finish chapter 22 today. And that means we'll come back to it because it's too much in here to ignore. But I, we need to stay here for a moment. The word has the idea of train up. It's not corporal punishment. Them turn to Deuteronomy six and find out what it talks about. As you sit down, as you walk by your way, as you work, share the word of God. Let it be a part of your life. The reason it says not just sitting down and instructing them. But letting them see your life. Training has the idea of modeling, not only just teaching, but modeling that that you believe. Uh, you know, have you ever heard your life uh, is speak so loudly? I can't hear what you're saying. 
And mm. and what you want to do, you want as much agreement between the life you live and the training you're given. In other words, you demonstrate it. You walk. And the word, the way they should go is accord, the, the Hebrew word is according to their bent. Uh, some, Not all children learn the same way. So the whole idea, going back to Deuteronomy, is spending time with your child. To spend chi- time with your child, you learn them, you uh, you observe them, and some learn better by by writing it out. Some learn better by speaking. Uh, one of my sons, they didn't do too good on written tests, but one of the teachers found out they could give him a ver- uh, the same test verbally, and he answered could just about answer everything. He he was and. and I have to say, he, he, I think his dad poured that into him because I, I, writing is not something. It's a gift, and it's a labor of love when I write. When I speak, I, it, it's a lot smoother. And you say, man, your writing must be bad if that's the case. But well, this is the word, the, according to their bent. Find out yes. uh, what motivates them. Does rewards motivate them more than discipline? Now, you need both. And then the last, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Alex, right. I heard it said this way. This is a principle with a promise, okay? Because yes. uh, I hate to say it, I've seen some children raised up right, but far as there was any observant, they did not come back. And you say, well, that, I, that's I breaking it. So this, and, and I said, Lord, give me an answer for this. I don't want to take away the promise. I don't want to take away the hope, but I don't want to misappropriate it. And I came up, and you and you either disagree, and I'd wish you'd comment on it more. It's a principle with a promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the principle is there. You do what you can, but the Bible teaches that everybody has to give an account of themselves. So yes, the parents do. can do as best they can, never perfect, never has been, and they do the best they can. But according to other scriptures in Proverbs, that child, man, they turn away from the teaching of the father and the mother and never come back. Well, yeah, because everybody has a free will. And and I'm going to say this. Uh, yes, there is a responsibility on the part of mom and dad to raise a child in the ways of the Lord. But there's a responsibility on the part of the child. Uh, there comes a time of accountability. And so everybody, ha- you can't blame your mom and dad. You can't uh, excuse disobedience to the Lord by, well, mom or dad did this wrong. Because uh, listen, I've had many a parent, Bert, in 2,000 churches around America. I've met a lot of people, and I've had parents tearfully say, oh my goodness, where did we go wrong? Well, Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't go wrong. You look at the Garden of Eden. Uh, That was a perfect environment. The Lord himself was there with Adam and Eve, and yet they chose to do wrong. But it is is a a commandment with a promise. I want to talk about the phrase there, train up a child. Bert, I did a study on this word, fascinating word. Now, the word really, it's, it's a verb. All right, train. Now, what do you think of you? Well, you mentor, you encourage, you groom. It's really the word initiate. Now, over there in Luke 4, remember in Luke 4, it says, Jesus went to the synagogue as was his custom. So in Proverbs 22, 6, 
we're going to turn a noun into a verb. Now, a custom, C-U-S-T-O-M, it's a habit. The wording there really means a custom. Accustom a child in the way that he should go. And that's why, and here's my point, and I want to I want your response. Mom and dad, go to church. Build into your children the habits of godliness. Say the blessing and thank the Lord before you eat a meal. Have have devotions and say prayers before bed. Read Bible stories. Um, Proverbs twenty two six. Accustom a child or initiate a child into the habits of godliness. Now, from the training up of a child to the when they're old, they don't depart. There might be a big interval in there. Bert, I've I've met people that have been out of church for a decade or more, but they come back. But I really do think, given this world and given the call of our Savior, as best we can, prayerfully, consistently, we need to plant the seeds of discipleship into the heart and lives of the little ones. Alex, pastoring as long as I have, I've seen it up close and personal. Some of the parents and even grandparents go on to be of the Lord, and they did everything they could that they, in their power as best they could, trained that child or that grandchild up. And when they died, they were not following the Lord. But I've seen many, and I use the word many, come to the Lord after the death of that one. So here you are, you're older, you're listening, and you've got wayward children. It's not over yet. I heard Chuck Chuck Swindoll preach a whole sermon on yet. It's one of the greatest words in the world. They're not saved yet. But in that word yet, there's hope. So we read chapter 22, uh, verse 6. There's hope in that. And that's what we want to give you. Give hope for the next generation. Be praying, training them up, uh, getting them ready. Well, we're going to take phone calls in the next segment. That number is 888-589-8840. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. This weekend on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg tells us what it's going to take for believers to make a lasting difference in this world. Now, it's going to be when the Christian church is prepared to live with the inverted set of world values that we will make an impact on the culture. Listen this weekend to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life, Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Republic was founded on the principle that rights are given to us by God, not men. As a result, men nor government can take them away. That's why our Declaration of Independence refers to our rights as inalienable rights. Government's role, then, is to protect the rights that God has given to us. The first freedom listed in the Bill of Rights, which government is entrusted to protect, is religious liberty. 
The founders did this because they knew that free exercise of religion is the fulcrum for all liberty. Wherever the flame of religious liberty is extinguished, all liberty is imperiled. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke chapter 9, verse 46, we read this about the disciples. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. In weight training, the best way to build your leg muscles is to do squats. You lay a heavy barbell across your shoulders and then squat. The deeper you squat, the stronger your legs become when you stand up. The further down you go, the more you work out your hamstrings. The lower you go, the more strength you develop. Jesus told his prideful disciples that humility is the pathway to greatness in God's kingdom. How low are you willing to go to reach others for the sake of Jesus Christ? Will you serve others in Jesus' name when there's no advantage to be gained? Godly humility is the only pathway to greatness. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. In Him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything by the counsel of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. And the Salvation Army Band is playing this hymn. And your grace rings out so deep It makes my resistance seem so thin So hold me, Jesus Cause I'm shaking like a Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We're going to take phone calls, and we're so excited about those that call. Alex and I were talking earlier, and we just want to express to you who are calling how important you are. Uh, you make Exploring the Word special. And uh, with your questions and your prayer requests, it makes our day. And uh, so thank you for calling in. So, Alex, are you ready to take those phone calls? Let's do that. We're going to go over to Arkansas, beautiful state of Arkansas, and we're going to talk with Lynn. Lynn, welcome to Exploring the Word. Yeah, thank you. Um, it seems like I've heard that in the end times there are going to be things revealed that we didn't know before. And here's what I'm wondering. It seems like like when people get together and pray, one of the main prayer requests is uh, relates to health of people. And it seems to me like the Bible doesn't have that much to say on health. And I wondered, um, like, if there are things that maybe are not translated right or whatever. Um, just like, like one one time our pastor was preaching, and he uh, something in his Bible version translated to perfume, and I knew it was a healing substance. And so that's that's just what I'm wondering. It just seems like the Bible would have more to say on how to help us with health. Uh, Lynn, thank you for your call. Let me share with you. <clears throat> I was preaching through the book of James and uh, came to the last chapter, verses 13 and 14. 
and 15, and it reads this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. If is anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, it will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, Alex, uh, when I look at that, I, I think I see the things that's covered here. The anointing with oil, uh, it wasn't just that of recognizing the Holy Spirit. There was, you know, uh, like the lambs and the sheep, uh, the shepherd would anoint them with oil. Uh, that was for medical reasons, and it was for the purpose of that. I, I do believe we need to pray for the sick. And, but at the same time, I believe they need to seek the medical help that is available. And, and I think James really speaks to that clearly in my, in my thoughts, brother. Well, you know what's interesting? Like verses uh, 3 John uh, verse 2, you know, it talks about, um, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Well, how does your soul prosper? Well, if you're a born-again Christian, your soul prospers a lot. And John says, you know, um, I, re- I wish that you would be in health, just like your soul is, for I rejoice greatly uh, and testify to the truth that is in you, even as you walk in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, as a born-again believer, all of us can walk in truth. So spiritually, we can always be healthy and growing. Physically, in this fallen world under a curse, we're not always healthy. Sometimes we are sick, but isn't it good to know that we have recourse? We can pray, and God can heal. And uh, so, you know, to her question about the end times, you know, Jesus in Luke eight seventeen, he said, there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed um, I don't know about in the end times things uh, coming to light about secret medicines or healings that we didn't know about previously. I, I don't know about that. I can't think of anything. But I do know this. The most important thing of all is uh, our spiritual health to be right with God. We know that prescription. It's turned to Jesus. But even when we are sick, we have prayer and we have the power of a healing God that we can turn to. Amen. Thank you, Lynn. Where to next? Okay. Next, we are going to go to Texas and speak with Janet. Uh, Janet in Texas, welcome. Yes. uh, I learned a valuable lesson today. When you quote Scripture, make sure you acknowledge if the Lord said it or someone else, you know, the Bible. But uh, I'm taking the stand for the Lord in our nation, and I have claimed... Acts chapter 5, verses 38 and 39, it says, And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And Gamaliel, that was his advice regarding the apostles. And I did. And uh, Bishop Jackson, I'm so glad he told me, he said, Well, that wasn't Jesus saying that, but... I know that I personally think that we can refer to the lesson there 
Because in Acts chapter 5, verses 29, it says, We ought to obey God rather than men. So if mm-hmm. you are following the Lord and he has a plan and his plan is so straight that you know what his plan is for you to do, he will protect you. And in uh, Exodus fourteen fourteen, it says, and this is Moses speaking. I checked it out. Uh, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. As Peter said in Acts chapter 5 is we ought to obey God rather than men. And the main thing is if we know that the work that as Gamaliel, his advice was regarding the apostles, you know, their work, uh, it, you know, when he said, but if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you even be found to fight against God. Well, the Lord will protect you if you are following the Lord and he's got a plan for you to do for him, to obey him and his plan that he has foreordained for you to do, he will fight for you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Let me just share this with yeah. you, Janet. I think you can say even better than that. He is fighting for you. He's not only will, he is. And he, he the main battle was on the cross when we, he, uh, was say he died on the cross, and then three days later he rose again, overcame our two big enemies, sin and death. And so he has fought for us, he is fighting for us, and he will fight for us, Alex. Amen, amen. Well, you know that Exodus fourteen fourteen, the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Do you know ultimately um, all of our battles really are fought and won. Uh, by the Lord. So, Janet, thank you for reminding us of that. We're going to go to Oklahoma. William in Oklahoma, welcome to the American Family Radio Network. All right, thanks so much for uh, taking my call. I received a book from AFA, Imperation of Study Bible, and I was just blown away when Ephesians said in chapter 1, verse 4, that we were known by God before the foundations of the earth were created. And I I remember uh, about uh, the virtue where he knew us in, before we were uh, created in the womb. And also, but I was just wondering, like, there was before, uh, in Genesis, it said, in the beginning. And I was just wondering, does that mean that, like, Hitler and uh, Sister Teresa was already known before the foundations of the earth? Great question, William. Mm, Alex, Yes. God uh, knows, let me see, yesterday, <laughs> today, and tomorrow, nothing, yes. nothing is new to him. Let me recommend a book, and this is such a deep subject, um, the, the Foreknowledge of God, Yet the Responsibility of, of Humans, Predestination, Election, free will. I mean, these these are deep subjects. All in all, all in all, hands down, the best book on this, uh, and, and you'll have to put on your thinking cap, but it's called Chosen But Free by Norm Geisler. He was a theologian. I knew him. He's a personal friend. He's in heaven now. G-E-I-S-L-E-R, Dr. Norm Geisler. It was published by Bethany House, Chosen but free. Let me read this Ephesians 1. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us 
unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the, belo- in the beloved. Now, Bert, without going too deep here, let me just say this. We must respond and choose Christ, put our faith in Jesus. But yet he knows who will and who won't. And there is a decision in heaven. People say, what is predestination? Well, here it is. If you put your trust in Jesus, you will be saved. Praise God for that. And if you get saved, you will be glorified. Now, as much as possible in this life, we're to be conformed to the image of Jesus and to grow and grow. See, there's Christian birth. There's Christian growth. And God has decreed that if you come to Jesus, you'll be saved. If you grow in the Lord, you'll be increasingly Christ-like. Now, Bert, I'm going to say this. I'm going to throw it to you. In the Word of God, we clearly see the authority of the Lord. But we also clearly see the responsibility of man. I don't understand it all. I, I don't. But I see both of those in the pages of the Word. What was it that Charles Spurgeon said? Why should friends argue or debate? You know? Yeah. And and they work together. Notice that. They work together. It's past our understanding. Uh, we get a little bit of it, Alex, and you expressed it well, that God does that and knows that, but it does not do away with our accountability. Use the two ways, God's authority, man's accountability. They work together for our salvation. And today, if you are not saved, we want you to know Christ. That is the greatest relationship you could ever have. And you can go to Triple Eight Need Him. Triple Eight Need Him. They're our partners in ministry. They will help you. They'll pray with you. So come to Christ and do it now. Tom in Iowa, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. It's truly an honor to speak to you guys and to listen to you every day. My question is about Jesus' father, Joseph. When, where, where can I find the last reference to him in the Bible and what became of him? Because Mary was with Jesus during much of his ministry. So can you explain that? Well, uh, Alex, we know there was a death. We know he was still alive when Jesus was 12 years old. And later on, <clears throat> they would refer to Jesus as the carpenter's son. So uh, he's referred to, but the last time we have him, quote, in action would be mm-hmm. when Jesus is 12 years old. Am I right? That's the last. I'm thinking right now, um, you know, he's in the genealogies of, of Matthew chapter 1. And then, uh, you know, like you say, when he's 12 years old and he goes to the temple and we we don't know. That is one of the imponderables, I suppose you might say. The Bible just doesn't clearly say, but uh, certainly what tradition has said is, and certainly what must have happened, he, he must have passed away. Yeah, but he and, had been long enough to have a family. He had at least yes. four other sons and two, at least two daughters, because it talks about his yes. daughters. And so that was a while, and we know he was gone at Jesus' death because Jesus from the cross gave that responsibility uh, to his apostle John to take care, and that was the older son's responsibility. 
So yes. that's what we can arrive from what we know in the Bible. So I'm going to say, he asked the question, the last mention, as far as I know, it would be Luke 2, 41 through 52. Luke 2, 41 and following, because that was uh, Jesus, you know, being found in, in the temple uh, when Jesus was 12. So to my awareness, the Luke 2, 41 and following would be the last reference to Joseph, um, the the dad of Jesus, but not the father, not the biological father, because Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, Mary being a virgin. Okay, we're to, we got Mary Beth, you're on. You got to be quick. Would you go in ahead? In Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia. Okay, so y'all were talking about wayward children, and I went through all that myself, and I had to deal with all the, you know, wondering and everything, and I really struggled with the whole will thing, because it is everybody's individual will, but, you know, I was his mama, <laughs> and I needed something, and I, you know, I had poured my heart out to the Lord, and one day I felt like the Holy Spirit was really directing me to Job, and I did not want to go there. I said, I need some real answers, but it was so persistent, so I just sat down and began reading and reading and reading, and I, I had the NIV then, I have the um, King James now, but at the time I finally got to it, and it said basically, he shall deliver, even the one who is not innocent, he shall be delivered through the cleanness of your hands or something. And then the King James, it says the island of the innocent, but I went and looked it up in the concordance, and it still says that he will, if you look at the original language, that God, talking about God, he will deliver even the one who's innocent by the pureness of your hands. And of course, we can't make ourselves clean. It's impossible. And so I relied on the fact that I am cleansed of all unrighteousness, and this promise is for me. Amen. Mary Beth, the Word of God is filled with those promises. And Alex, when they become personal, aren't aren't they wonderful? Amen. And you know, as much as we love our family and our prodigals, God loves them even more. And when we pray for them to come back, we know we're praying something that, yes, is in the will and the desire of God, too. Alex, I don't know about you, but not only has it been good, I've enjoyed today, brother. Amen. Folks, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again tomorrow for more of Exploring the Word. Read on in Proverbs 22 and 23. We're praying for you. You pray for us. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word, but most of all, we urge you, tell somebody about Jesus. Jesus.